and welcome to Fractured Frequency, the podcast of the Queston Network. I'm your host, Eming Piancai. Today, this episode, we are tackling the issue of anxiety based on a pre- the previous talk we had on the show about work besties and relationships. We, we, we kind of hit a, a topic that I thought was interesting. Um, Jorge Garcia, who's also on the show today, um, he made a statement about how when he DJs, he has a lot of anxiety around that, but it also brings him joy. And as someone who is constantly in anxiety, I was like, hey, this could be an episode. Because um, everyone has it. Everyone deals with it in their own way to perform in different fields and different arenas. So I feel like this is a general enough topic where everyone can have their thoughts on this and it, it can all still connect somehow. Um, so I want to thank again, Albert Felipe and Jorge Garcia back on to Fractured Frequency. Thank you guys again for coming back. It's great to see you Definitely both. Definitely glad to be back. Happy always. to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I promised that I would sacrifice myself first at the altar of this topic because it was my idea um, and it makes the most sense. So uh, for me, um, I see anxiety like a block of matter and time that's frozen. When I'm in it, I can't move. I can't feel. I can't think. I can't do anything because I am stuck in this block and I can't move because of this energy that tells me I can't do something. And when this podcast was being rebranded and relaunched, or before that even happened, honestly, I didn't think I had the authority or the ability to do anything. I've worked with a lot of people on podcasts this, these past couple of years, and everyone's always like, eming, like, I'm so grateful for you because you're my, you're my safety net. But what happens when... I lose my safety net and that's where the anxiety comes in <laughs> of, of, uh, of uh, realizing that you yourself can do something despite whatever fears or anxiety m- might be holding you down. And Albert and Jorge, I, I was really curious based on, you know, Jorge's, Jorge's um, kind of talk about how, how he feels when he has to like, you know, prepare for an event that he's going to be at or work and, you know, he loves, obviously, you love it. I mean, you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it. But, you know, there's that buildup and there's that initial, like, can I do this? Am I able to do this? And I really wanted to explore that space because so many of us go through this, like, every day. Like, if you don't have anxiety once a day, then I don't think you're human. <laughs> I think you're a robot. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> It's, I mean, honestly, I do. I really fucking think that. Yes, I do. I feel like if if you don't have a moment of like, can I do this? Am I able to, do I have the right? Do I have the agency? Um, It's such a human, it's such, it's like one of our basic reactions. I feel like beyond happy and sadness, anxiety should be on that list because of the, the things we've been through these past like three years, we're steeped in it. And I really am curious how, what are, what are things that you guys have to, when going through your life and your days, um, what are some things that, that invoke that for you? And how do you go about dealing with it in a way that is helpful for you? That doesn't like, counteract 
all the things that you've done to push yourself up to that point where you're like, yeah, I can do this thing without, without letting that little voice in your head be like, no, you can't. (laughs) I love the long waited pause. No, yeah, because I mean that's it's it's heavy. I think it's really heavy. So, um, Jorge, why don't you start? Um, yeah, because I have some thoughts, but right. I think it, it um, expands into something else. So it, it made me how you were describing it made me think of a couple of things. One was yeah, when I DJ um, in as I prepare a playlist, and I think about the people that are going to be there or the kind of feeling that I want the space to have or how I want to engage people with, with my offerings. Um, there is excitement, but there is anxiety because it's like, am I going to actually present it in a way that is compelling? Am I going to be able to kind of pull people into the kind of thing I want them to feel? You know, it does my technique match the vision. Like, do, am I, am I rusty? Am I, am I trying to do challenging things? that are going to fall flat. And then there's all, there's, there's always those times when like somebody comes to say something, they lean on the table, they unplug the whole thing and the sound goes out. (laughs) (laughs) That always happens. And then, uh, wait, and, and, and you forgot to mention the, Hundred so people that are staring at you. Yeah, yeah. When that <laughs> right. right. Uh, so it's uh, those when you are the person kind of generating the the movement, the sound. Uh, it is it. It just feels so large. It's like the biggest kind of thing. Um, although people don't remember that. People remember dancing. People remember. Um, making a connection or um, they remember the overall thing. I think I'm also like, uh, I feel like I'm a really critical DJ listener. So I, when I go listen to someone play, I want to hear someone that has respect for the tradition, for the music, for the culture, isn't just playing things that are expected or on the radio or trending um, and so I hold myself to those standards and I, so then it, it, I kind of, all those things add to this feeling of anxiety. Like, am I going to be able to, to do all these things that I want to do and do them in a way that, uh, I would respect if I was listening. So, uh, there are times when the stakes are a little higher. Like if I'm, if I'm playing at a wedding, I want I want nothing to go wrong. <laughs> I want these these families to to dance and not even think about the music, just to just to you know um, enjoy their time. Um, also, sometimes in weddings, there's people that I don't know, and as opposed to places where I might be DJing at a art gallery or wherever a cafe or. A, a club where like, Oh, I know who comes and I know what they like. Um, so yeah, all that. Um, I I think 
for me, what's worked in, in those places is like, oh, I know I did the homework. I have the playlist and I have a backup playlist and I have the, like, I have a whole kind of fractal system of like going into whole other genres if that doesn't work. Um, so I, so I kind of, um, I have a respect for that. And I know that I've put in the time and put in the work to kind of have uh, a utility belt of like ideas of how, of how to get things kind of dislodged or moving again. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, when anxiety visits, I feel like I let it visit, then I invite it kind of to this, to the porch. Cause it's like, you can't live inside. <laughs> like you can't, you can't just take up residence and take up all of my kind of bandwidth. Like I have things to do. I have like technical things to prepare, like not only music, but like chords and, and plugs and tools and devices. Like I have to make sure everything I have, you know? So there's a way that kind of the, the ritual around getting those things together helps me manage um, this visiting kind of anxiety and it helps me invite it outside. Right. It's like you can, sure. You could come, you, of course you're going to be around, uh, but let me have you outside. Cause I have things to do, you know, for this particular thing. That's just like kind of a, a way that I've, I've never kind of thought about it, but it's just, that's the way that I manage it. You know, like that's the way that I deal with it. I have encountered things where I don't have those rituals or those that structure and those, those, those times anxiety is, um, it's harder for me to invite it outside. You know, it's harder for me to like, because I, I feel like I, it, this could go so many ways. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to prepare. I don't know how to like get lost in the minutia of like, getting it together. Uh, it's just anxiety is just there. And I don't, uh, I don't know how to negotiate with it. I don't know how to, um, distract myself from it. And, and in those cases, um, it's a bit tougher. Like I've, I've had to prepare presentations about the things that I'm doing, res uh, research on. And, um, you know, these are 10, 20 minute presentations. They're very structured. Um, and I've always found like, because it's something that I hadn't had a practice before. And it's, it's a very like a uh, one sided thing. It's not a collaborative thing. It's not like, how do you feel about this? We're not building a conversation. It's literally just me giving you something for 20 minutes. I've God, I've had all sorts of things happen. Like, the slides don't work. I get stuck. I, I realize that I'm talking way over time. I'm spending way too much time on like one aspect of it and I didn't cover another and I'm already out of time. Um, so I feel like I need to figure out how to prepare But Like I think I'm preparing, but then I get to it and it's like, man, that was a, that was a dumpster fire. And, but I feel like I'm, I have to get better at like, this is how you pace yourself. Like this is how you make sure you don't talk over. Like these are, these are the tools and the ways of, of doing it. Um, even though it's a way that you're not, it's a thing that you're not used to doing in a way that you're not used to engaging with people. So 
so I guess to me, those are two examples of like, here's an anxiety that comes often that I've over time developed a way of managing. And here's a new thing where I'm still kind of bewildered by it. And it just sits on me. And so I'll be like in a presentation, like dry mouth, like wishing I had water. Like, why is my mouth so dry? Why am I out of time? I just started. I haven't even, you know, this kind of stuff, just like, I still got to figure that out. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I don't know, Albert, what, what are your, what's your DJ ritual? Man. Um, <laughs> I think, I think. Um, Loaded question for Albert. <laughs> no, yeah, because, because it's definitely. You know, when you bring in the idea of anxiety and um, something you love, right? It's almost like, you know, the oil and water of things. But you have to make sure that you accept both, right? Because, you know, Jorge and I, we connected on this idea of DJing because we have this love and passion for it, right? But then it brings on this level of anxiety where, to Jorge's point, for me, it's almost like a two-fold thing, right? My anxiety derives mainly on the technical aspects for it. Like if people really understood the technical aspects as far as like, you know, having the right wires, making sure the sound is good. Why is this thing hissing? You know, we have to find the breaks in the wires. We have to make sure that the needles aren't going ahead and, 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 and drying, you know, driving off the record. We have to ensure that all the little details of what can go wrong, we have to try to minimize it before we even go on, right? Um, then I don't even have to explain what it means to have a good playlist, right? Because what winds up happening is that, at least for me, like I enjoy seeing people have a good time. I want to get people excited. I want to make sure that whatever I play people stay on the dance floor, right? And people go ahead and understand what I'm trying to connect them to. So knowing what to play and when to play it has always been like a thing with me, which is drives on a level of anxiety because it's almost like I keep playing something. I look up at the crowd. If I'm not getting any response on it, I need to make sure that I have something set up next to go ahead and kind of like really keep this momentum going, so to speak. Um, you know, and you get the physical aspects of what anxiety is, like your palms sweat, you know, disorientation. You might miss a level here or there. You might put up the volume on one channel when you're really supposed to be putting it up on another. You know, I think sometimes when you're really involved in that showmanship of it and trying to go ahead and see that, you know, um, <laughs> people have always made fun of me that um, when when they look at me DJing, they're like, why are you so focused? <laughs> right. And it's like, like Jorge said, it's like, well, because I don't want to fuck it up. Right? I don't want to go ahead and I don't want to, you know, disrupt what I'm being either hired to do or I've been asked to do, which is have a continuous flow of an of of people's enjoyment. That's a lot of stress. It's a lot. It, it, it gives a lot of anxiety. It gives a lot of um you know, um, things that you have to just worry about. Um, but I also enjoy the part of just the fruits of your labor, right? Um, 
man, once you hit that trend and once you hit that flow and once you ride that wave and you see people just going and, you know, and, and, and how do you get it? I, I think one of the things that I love about DJing is like whenever you see people just stay on that dance floor and then, you know, just like it gets really, really like high energy and then people are just, you know, showing you by just going ahead and just like looking up at the booth and just nodding at you and all that good stuff, you know it's almost the rewards of, of the anxiety, right? But now another set of anxiety goes ahead and sets in when they do that, you're like, oh shit, I got to keep that going. So it's almost this continuous thing. So I know that's how I get and, and, and really understand how DJing is a representation of something that can be you know, a very sensitive thing to people who really care about it, right? Like, like, um, I'm not saying that, you know, that all DJs go through that because I think some seasoned DJs are just, you know, natural at it. You know, they, they already have this, this thing. But I really think, like, DJs still have to, you know, ensure that they keep their anxiety levels low in order to mm -hmm. keep a momentum going. Um So I guess in, on that note, I guess my, my question is, as someone who has not DJed and doesn't plan on DJing ever in her life because she can't deal with that kind of anxiety because that holding, holding a space and an event and an experience for some people on that level feels insane to me. Like live? No, thank you. I can barely do a live podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be mixing beats <laughs> in a room of, of like hundreds of people. Like that's not going to happen ever. No, thank you. But so I, I guess in that respect, my question to you is um, when you're in that moment and, you know, maybe you fought past your anxiety, but maybe something happens. Like maybe something goes off that you didn't expect to happen uh, or I'm assuming you guys have maybe experienced this before, but if you have, how do you reel yourself back in when you hit like a little emotional bump that like isn't going to throw you completely off, but because you've been so focused on this one thing, trying to get it right. And then something just goes a boop and you're like, oh, snap, I, uh, I have to recalibrate a little bit. Like, how, how, how does that work for you? Oh, so, you know, uh, That's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the anxiety leaves my, I think that's why I always want an omelet after I DJ, no matter what time it is. Cause it's, there's a little bit of like emotional let go. Like it's over. There's always an omelet. All your equipment is with you. Uh, you didn't break anything. You didn't get, uh, you didn't, incite any fights has that happened before <laughs> you got paid have you excited or, fights uh, <laughs> all those things well oh, i don't think that i incited but i was i was certainly was in sketchy situation i've been i've been in situations no, 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 i've been in situations where I've been in situations where I was concerned for the safety oh, of people. That's right. I was in situations where I was concerned for my own safety or for the safety of my equipment where I was like, I might not make, I might make it, but I'm not that's sure I'm going to have sure. turntables after this. Like, um, that's for sure. I don't think being a DJ is a particularly dangerous thing, but it's just, you know, it's evening. People are intoxicated. 
uh, often um, things get a little bit looser. Things uh, rules change a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, and it's not like I feel like I'm walking into danger. I think the the thing that looms more is this kind of: Am I going to be able to get people to move and feel the way I want them to feel? Uh, and then afterwards, it's like then I could kind of reflect. In the middle of it, it's fun sometimes, but it's like you're still working. I, I mean, that's the way I see it. So like, you know, and then, um, you know, I've had things where I've invited friends who just want to catch up. And I'm like, yo, I'm literally trying to figure out how to keep these two people dancing right now. Like, um, I can't talk to you. (laughs) I can't can't really process anything. Um, so I feel like there's this kind of constant negotiation with anxiety. Like it, there's the pre build up, and then there's the, as you do it, even if you're having a good time, uh, there's pressure. There's, um, you got to keep it moving. You got to keep it moving. Uh, and so, yeah, I feel like the, the let go happens at the end when, um, the bag is packed up, Peter's packed up. People are, people are like wanting to talk to you about what you played or will you come play the, like that, that's a space where I start to kind of feel like, yes, you know, um, it doesn't mean that it's not fun as it's happening, but it just means that there's like a, that's where there's like a shift. Like the anxiety has fallen away. Um, it's, it's no longer part of the evening. Now it's just like, where can I get some wings? <laughs> where can I get an omelet? Um, it's like the know, ultimate uh, reward. Where's the omelet? Where are the wings? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I have, I have had moments, you know, um, Albert, you were saying like, you know, you're so focused and like, you look so serious sometimes when you're DJing. I remember there was this one time we were playing at, uh, that spot in downtown Oakland. They had the outdoor indoor thing. I like that place. Yeah. So slam came up to me and was like, uh, so slam is always going to show up in these conversations because that's just. Shout out to Slam. So Slam came up to me. Shout out Slam. He he came up to me. He's like, yo, do you realize how much you're smiling? And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? Because I was so focused. But we had some group. We had a group of people moving. We were playing songs that we were excited to play. Um, I think I think I think it might have been the time that we invited Jerry um, so there was some friendly competition. I mean, I remember he played really well, and I remember Albert <laughs> being angry, like, "How dare <laughs> how you be dare better you than me? How dare surviving. you? Curse you!" And I'm, about, I'm about to show you. So for Albert, for Albert, it was like, "Yo, you don't even know what you did to me, and what what am I about to about to play for you?" Uh, like it hyped him up, but it was this. It, for me, it was like I got fishbowled for just a moment, and I, like, I didn't realize because I was so caught up in the moment. I didn't realize until Albert, not Albert, but Slam came up to me and pointed it out, and I, I remember just being really confused, like, "Oh, I am feeling good feelings. I'm feeling good <laughs> I'm feelings," said Jorge. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy to be playing. I'm very happy to be amongst friends. Like there's so many good things happening right now that I, yes, I'm happy, but I hadn't mm-hmm. registered because I was working, you know? Um, 
So I guess, it, it, I guess to me that it was just like a, you mentioned a little kind of when there's some sort of like spike or something's happening around anxiety and performance. And I think that for me was one of those moments of like, uh, yeah, I mean, to, 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 to Iming's, uh, um, question, I think, uh, you know, a DJ has to be prepared um, at all times when those mishap happen. I mean, I think I think that's where it becomes kind of like, man, you you have you have seconds to bounce back when something happens like that, right? Like like you have these these elements where it's just like, holy shit! Like you know, you, you, if somebody bumps the turntable or something goes out with the sound, you know, there's a dead pause, and that's where I made you know that 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 statement about like hundreds of people just looking at you just to see what you do next. Right. Um, you know, and metaphorically, it's just like, you have no time to address like anything other than keep the momentum going. Right. So, you know, of course everything kicks in the sweats, the nerves, uh, all of that kicks in, but it's just like, no, 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 no. You have to move past it. You have to go ahead and you have to make sure that this happens. Right. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, to the other side of it, um, you know, uh, again, and, and it, Jorge and I really DJed a lot, you know, in Oakland, um, a couple of times in San Francisco. But there was this one time where it, this was the extreme of the situations where, you know, anxiety levels hit, but at the perfect peak moments. Right. And I remember um, we were we were DJing at this uh, place called Arsimona in downtown Oakland and and. Um, um, I think we were DJing like a, a football game and it, it happened to be like the Niners and, and, and New York Giants, so to speak, <laughs> so to speak, I mean, <laughs> New York Giants, right? But <laughs> I'm not a Giants fan, as you could tell. But um, there was a crucial point where all of a sudden they don't play in New York. That's why I'm upset. All right. Anyway, like tense, tense game, final seconds. All of a sudden, like a, a, a historic moment happens. And guess what? It's my job to go ahead and and either amplify the crowd more or kill their energy. So I decided to play a track that would go ahead and amplify the crowd more. And when I did that, the place erupted. I remember just getting the joy of that, the excitement of it. But then one minute I glance over to the owners and the owners are just like their eyes are wide open because I'm wondering what's going on. Why is there this, you know, adverse reaction to what's going on? But then post all of it, like, you know, um, in the middle of all that, like the owner comes up to the the turntables and tells me, turn it down, turn it off. And then what we found out was that the restaurant downstairs, the the floor was actually kind of like almost convexing, concaving <laughs> because the crowds was just the the base, the crowd, everything was so amped that there was worry throughout the whole building. Now, I find that to be successful, but that was definitely an anxious moment <laughs> to the owners and the restaurant downstairs. 
And shout out to Tim, man. Tim actually has a a, a beer garden somewhere in Sacramento. So, and he even texted me and told me, "Hey, you remember that one time?" So let me so that's let sub. me get this yeah. straight. You almost brought the house down, literally. Is that is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> that's just Albert every day, man. It was it was perfect timing, man. Does. It was great, man. That was just perfect timing, but. Man, if you would have seen their faces, like, you know, Tim and, and, and all the, the people over there, man, oh. they were just like, oh, man, we're it about to lose like the fun, lease though. on our shit. But, you know, talk <laughs> about. Well, but yeah, but I mean, but, you know, in, in the in the conversation of anxiety, yeah, it's like enjoyment and miss chaos because what what if <laughs> what if no, what if something structurally would have like just. You know, turn the whole situation into like the front page of the <laughs> local tribute, man you know causes havoc with music. <laughs> no, but the DJs would have been like, oh, yeah. legendary. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are the moments we live for, right? Where it'd just be like, yeah, I remember that okay, one time. So, yeah, with, yeah. with that in mind, um, when you're kind of like if if you have moments that like you know are kind of leaning towards uh, like you know you're fine and then something happens that makes you lean towards the anxiety um and it might affect your performance um how do you act in the moment to kind of prevent yourself from getting caught up in that that's yeah i think for me like like i said before like I have time on the turntables at parties with all sorts of parties, like people I don't like people that I really like and have had things go really wrong. And so I feel like I have, I know, like, I don't know, like I have experience, like I know, I know how to pivot. I know how to restart it. I know how to like, I know what to look for and I know how to, and I know how to kind of get it up off the ground again. So I don't, I don't have uh just kind of like um, built in for you. Yeah. I've had the moments where I'm like deer in, deer in the headlights. What? And everyone's looking at me and I'm like looking at them and we're just like stuck. <laughs> I've had, I've done those already. And I've had enough of them where I'm like, I know how to figure this out give me a moment, um, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm trying to figure out that ease with the thing I was telling you earlier about like the presentations around my work. Um, I don't have that yet. So I don't know how to pivot. I feel flat footed. I told you I have like, I'm dry mouth. Like (laughs) I haven't figured out the ways of kind of like being as smooth. I, I guess I just need practice. Like I just need to do these things over and over and over until uh, I have my own kind of vocabulary around it, um, and I can I can lean on the old things. Um, yeah, but I'm in the formation stage of that. Yeah, so I'm just you know for now now it just causes me a lot of anxiety. I try to breathe through it. Um, you know, I I talk to myself about like you know it's not that big a deal. This is a meeting with five people or. Uh, or whatever, you know, like I kind of try to reason through it and be as best prepared as I can. And, you know, the thing that I did at the last, the last time I presented 
is I owned it. I was like, you know, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now. Uh, and I was really touched. Like people came up to me afterwards and like, I work through anxiety all the time. I, I guess it, it kind of put me in a place where people felt they could relate to me. Um, and, and I felt they were very kind, uh, and it created big discussions. So it was like, I thought it, so even though I owned it, I didn't, um, it had really good results. And so, uh, and then afterwards people were like, um, kind of giving me that for even kind of owning it publicly. And so I was like, Oh, that might be something that I'm more transparent about. Like I just own him in the space where I'm, uh, I want to talk, I'm excited to talk about this, but I'm also a bit overwhelmed and anxious. <laughs> um, and this is me giving it my best shot. So kind of adding that layer of transparency, that's something I would never do with DJing or had never done. But with this, it seemed like it, it helped me kind of to be open that way. And it helped the audience kind of see where I was coming from. Um, and so I, I was very happy that it went that way. I don't know what, caused me to like say that I was just maybe I felt comfort with that particular group of people um, but it ended up working out really well yeah um, yeah my experience is just totally on the opposite end of that I think um, um, I hate to put the, 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 the stereotypical New York DJ out there but you know, if you ever notice, like like a lot of New York DJs to get to to really get to that plateau of being just like the DJ people want to hear, like they really have this performance piece about it, right? So the thing is, like if you're not up to par technically and all that good stuff, you know what? If you create these real like moments of just like pause or no music or technical issues. You just don't go there so that anxiety builds up that you have to perform at your best and you can't slip. So if those moments happened, you wouldn't get that positive reinforcement. You'd feel it in when people didn't call you back for gigs or they didn't call you back to go ahead and do it. You know, and and, and that was the reality of it, right? Where it was just like, man, you know, and you know, that's a that's a that can take a toll whenever you get, you know, hit on the, the, the whole idea of just like, nah, you, you don't know what you're doing. We ain't going to need you. And you know what? It, that's what happened as I was DJing at it early. You know, I remember like, you know, being amongst my, my group of friends and I try to scratch, man. And, you know, I had to get over all the laughs and the pointing of fingers because it was just like, oh, he doesn't even know how to scratch. But, um, the way I got over it was just like, you know, I had to conquer the fear of what people were saying and say, well, if I'm not good in this aspect, then, you know, I have to strengthen this aspect to it. Right. And I remember like my, my way of doing it was just like, man, whenever I, um, I have a big family, I had a lot of cousins and you know what, when my cousins say, I don't know what to do for my birthday. I was like, Hey, if you find a spot, I'll DJ for you. Hey, if you find this, I'll DJ for you. Hey, if I did and you know, and, and 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 you know what? It was just like that training ground where I was just reinforcing my skill, right? Where I might not have um, had some of those skills that maybe sh had 
that level of showmanship that other DJs did. But you know what? Um, I made sure that the music that I played connected to people. And I, I think that was my strength. I think that's why, you know, I also could marathon DJ, which is basically, you know what? Um, you can hire me and I would play six, seven hours and people be like, wait a minute, do you need a break? And I'm like, nah, I'm in my element. I'm, I'm good. I'm doing it. And, and you know what? And I think like a lot of the times, like, uh, uh, you have to be able to conquer that fear of critique and, and, and embarrassment and, and challenge all of those things to really go ahead and say to yourself, man, you know what? I can't let this hold me down, especially when it's something I love to do. Right. Um, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but it's just like, you know, well, if if you if you let it defeat you, then then how how much of the passion and love do you really have for it? Right. It's OK. You can pause it for a while. But I think like at the end of the day, you have to learn to go through those um, anxious moments and those d defining moments to really like persevere and say to yourself, you know, no, no, you know, I'm doing this because I, I really enjoy it and I love doing it. So that's really know, cool. That was kind of like my, um, my experience through it. Well, thank you both for kind of like bearing your souls a little bit. Um, that was really interesting. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you guys want to want to touch on? I was uh, Albert. You reminded me that the marathon DJ. And I think um, I think that's another time when even if it's been going well, sometimes I I feel like I paint myself into a corner where I feel like oh no, I've exhausted my I, ideas, and people are still amped up and I need to kind of continue the energy, but I don't know where to go. I don't know which way to take it. Um, so back in the day that meant like digging in the crates. Like I would, I would bring so many records and I'd just start looking like to see if anything ideas would come up. Um, and I think I had experiences in the past where, uh, yeah, after four hours of DJing, I'm I'm a little bit tapped out, and I choose kind of the wrong sequence of songs. Like, um, and I think just having enough of those, like, I guess it's like, yeah, it's by stumbling, you kind of figure out um, how to kind of make the space and how to um, get 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 the second wind or or figure out the path again. Um, but it, but yeah, it's it's a uh, and then I love DJing with the crew because that happens less and you get inspired by other, what other people are playing. Um, and so it can become a really kind of collaborative kind of back and forth conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I think what it, for me, what it was is I started DJing. It was, it was like solo things and it was like just me. And it was like, yo, we're going to start at six. We might end at, Two and I'm like, damn. That's past my bedtime. <laughs> that's, that's eight hours. That's past my that's bedtime. Eight hours. I'm going to sleep. And then like it doesn't really get popping till it doesn't okay. get popping till like eleven, and we got three more hours to go. And people were juiced though, and it's like, man, I've held it down for five. I got another three to go. Um, like having to do those over and over, I think is is the training. It's like. And then for me, it was always important. I always hated seeing a DJ play 
a popular song numerous times during a set. And for me, it was a commitment I always made. Shout out like to I Tim for I will not Danza Corudo. Because you remember that? <laughs> oh, Jorge? oh, my goodness. Man. And that's, that's all you wanted to hear. Play, yeah, it, play it again. Play it again. It, it, it was, it's oh it's kind of like those moments where, again, you know, uh, and, and aiming, I know this is probably not relatable, but here's the thing. You know, I think to the common, you know, uh, individual who loves music, I think they don't mind listening to the song over and over again, right? But to a DJ, that's almost disastrous, right? So what winds up happening is that, to to, to Jorge's point, you you have to be able to know that you know what if <laughs> in this moment there's this guy who we who we were DJing for who just loved this one song and he wanted us to throw in every single set that we did, and he wanted to almost hear it back to back, right? And again, that's where your creativity comes again, in. Right? Again. Yeah, and this is where your creativity comes in. Do I play a different version? Do I play a snippet of it? What do I do? Because I think, like at the end of the day, you know, you're putting you're putting another level of anxiety of just like this is going to kill the crowd. But you're trying to please this one person, and that's not the way it's supposed to go. And so, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, Jorge, but that that immediately came into my head. <laughs> No, no, it's it's like the yeah when when the when the club owner insists, <laughs> that's a whole other level of anxiety. It's like oh man, yeah, yeah. When they're like, yeah, you're not you're not a curator, you're not an artist. You're here to make people <laughs> buy drinks. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're here to play the song I want to hear over and over. And you're like, ah, like I'm trying to. I'm, I like I hear you. I'm also trying to do something else, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, these things, yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Does that happen yeah. often? Do people request the same song over and over again when it's like oh, a public event oh with hella people? Goodness. All right. That's interesting. I've never heard of that before. Now you're, now you're gonna go ahead and, and <laughs> you're gonna go ahead and get me and Horace oh, to talk wild. about the top five yeah. things DJ Let's say. go. Let's go. <laughs> What are the top five things DGs hate? Oh now, now I'm curious. Goodness, oh, man. Oh, my God. It's the, the request for, like, Drake. Which oh album? Which song? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It doesn't oh even matter God. at this point. It's Russell, like, would, oh Russell the, the former host, host of this podcast, would appreciate because he... There was a long-standing like Drake reference running out through Margin Call for like months on end, and how much he thinks he's overrated. So this is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> but go ahead. The, sh- the champagne poppy <laughs> is immortal. Oh my goodness, it's just horrible. And 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 not only that, but it's just also kind of like like we mentioned again. Like, please don't have conversations with the DJ. Like, this is not the time for you to go ahead and ask for requests. It's not. It's just not. Like, don't do it. Just so don't the do first it. thing it's is don't don't do. request Drake. Don't talk to the DJ. <laughs> What's the third one? <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't sound really antisocial. But like. Uh... I mean, it is, but it's fine. <laughs> It is, it is. Which is funny because I get I get so much energy from from the people moving and dancing 
so in a way, it's like hyper social, and then it's also antisocial. Like, yeah, but don't turn around and tell me that you need to hear Drake, please, yeah. and that it's someone's birthday and it's their favorite song, yeah. and they want to have a conversation about what that song did for them and how it changed yeah. their life. And it's like, yo, I'm literally, I literally have 30 <laughs> seconds before the song ends. <laughs> That's right. And I, I need to get like all the people around you that are dancing, having a good time. I mean, you make sure that they keep mm-hmm. doing that, even though you're telling the story. Yeah. And, and, and mind you, that's, that's the thing. We're timekeepers of songs. We have, distinct places where we need to make transitions and cuts so we can't entertain conversations when we're trying to go ahead and make these things happen so please don't talk to your DJ um, is that a, a standard? another golden rule please don't touch our for equipment. all of them? just don't touch it I mean just yeah, oh, wow. yeah it looks don't. shiny it looks don't nice how why is that spinning wait a minute <laughs> how's the music coming from your laptop or and you're I'm using DJing vinyl what is going on no like i no i did the sound check yeah i did the sound check with the with the sound tech if there was one we we did all that we don't need your um <laughs> Don't put your drink. Don't put your drink where don't, there's something Our speakers are not drink stands. Our turntables are not yeah, drink or, stands. Can we or stu- or stools? You know, don't. Yeah, or stools. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's right. I I like. I understand how bass feels on your ass when you're sitting on it, but just don't sit on my bass. <laughs> it feels bottoms. good. Yeah, it, it feels good. good. It does. But Shout don't out to sit. the bass. Yeah, don't don't sit on my bass <laughs> bottoms. Just don't. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that got very suggestive real quick. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, you opened up a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you opened up a can of worms, I mean, I'm just saying, you know. The people need to know because I've never, I've, I've always thought it was okay to talk to a DJ. Like, hey, can you probably play the song? Like, I didn't think that was a big deal, but I guess it is. <laughs> Oh, so, so, okay. So say Albert and I are playing, Mm -hmm. Albert's actually DJing. Part of my job, one is I want to, I want to, like, I like what Albert plays. I want to, I want to hear, I want to sway to it. I want to groove to it. Also, but part of what I'm doing is I'm uh, Mm -hmm. like, I'm running interference. So someone wants to tell Albert something. I'm the one that kind of leans in. Oh, oh, you want it? Okay. And then I might, if if I think it's a good suggestion, I might slide it to him in the moment or when I see that he's mm-hmm. in between tasks or whatever. Um, so talk to the DJ's friend for sure. That's or for to sure, the yeah. DJ that's kind of not, not working right now. But if now. there's only one DJ, because um, I very rarely have I been at a thing where there's two. I'm, yeah. I'm in glad that case, you mentioned then you, that. Then you I'm, wait. Yeah. I'm glad you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Here's the thing: you have to wait. Mm. But here, to all my wedding DJs and those single DJs that do these events and parties, man, let me tell you something. There's nothing better than to have like a list or like let's say an iPad or anything to the side. And when somebody says, hey, I want to request, you hand them the iPad or anything with like a Spotify or anything and Ooh. let them choose the song and think that the playlist is actually going to be something that comes in. Man, it's a great deterrent, dude. <laughs> it's great. 
Wow. I had a system set up with the. It's a little fucked up on your part, though. I gotta say, it's a little fucked up. No, 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 because no, because here's the thing. You know what? If if you let them add it to the playlist, if you let them add it to the playlist, listen, the skill DJ can include it if he wanted to. So so this is what I'm saying. It's yeah, a good it's distraction. Also, yeah. Yeah. When people are a little tipsy, right? Yeah. So like uh um I, I was DJing a wedding and it was um Yeah, like bro, I don't want to listen to vanilla ice right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was DJing at a wedding. It was it was uh it was a white wedding and there was this woman that was uh I played something that was Oakland based she got really enthusiastic. She came up to me and just wanted to hear Pac. And I was like, I hear you. I'd love to. It's probably not the song to play in this context yeah, um, right. for these people, for what's happening, you know? So I'm making those decisions, but she just kept coming up. And she also kept coming up and being like, turn up the bass. And I'm like, I wish I could. I'd, I'd love to play more bass for you. But uh, the sound person was really straight. And so I sent him to the sound dude. Um, and I could see him just cut her down you know yeah. so that's a, so what i set up at, at a at a wedding was um they gave me the kind of music they wanted to hear they gave me a playlist i made sure to include those um they had seen me dj actually they seen albert and i dj at uh mm-hmm. at a new year's mm-hmm. thing and so that's where this came from and then so they knew how we played they knew what we played and uh they were like any any people come up to you, just send them to the and then they had a designated person. Mm-hmm. It was like the brother of the groom. Mm-hmm. Just send them to the groom. And so people were coming up to me and I was like, um, thank you. Uh I got this all set up. Talk to the talk to so and so, Hank. <laughs> Call her Hank. <laughs> um and then Hank Hank was really cool because he would just come up to me and be like I'm loving it. He wouldn't tell me any of the things that people were like suggesting to him. So like he was filtering really good for me and I was like thankful, but I knew that like 60% of what he was hearing is like, please play Drake. <laughs> Cause there was this like little Drake. There was this like, right. there was this like Asian bro temple uh, table oh, that was just right. like really up on Drake and they just wanted to hear Drake. And so they kept, coming at me from all these angles and I kept telling them go to Hank go to Hank That's right. um, so you're yeah, having someone kind of support you in that way is, is helpful Albert Albert's way is a whole other level it's like yo yeah. No, write it on this piece of paper and then put it in this file. That's, that's it right. looks like a garbage can, it but it's, it's a really a would file. It be, would it be too <laughs> much to call this episode that DJs hate Drake? Is that is that too much? <laughs> that seems to be the, the theme of this episode is DJs hate Drake. And I'm <laughs> well, 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 how about this? How about this? Um, DJs cannot play two hours worth of Drake. How about that? Fair. I mean, there's probably DJs that do and they probably make a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's good. Like, like make your playlist on Spotify, but just know that DJs will play one Drake song on average, at least. 
that's how many Drake songs there are out there. So don't worry about it. I'm pretty sure your DJ will satisfy you with that one Drake track. I'm sure there's plenty of DJs that play it. I guess we're just not the ones. We we come not from a different one. we not come from a different one. era. I we, love that. We we appreciate we appreciate what he's done, but it's it's like yes. I don't know. I want to. I want to give yeah. you some wholesome. Like I want. I want to make you think and yeah. move in ways that are different. Like That's right. uh, I don't want to sound like uh, the radio station sounds right now because you can tune in and hear yeah. that right That's now. Right. Right. Or well, by the if album, I think there's interesting the things album. happening. I'm sure on the radio. Like if say if something interesting, like something that doesn't usually become popular is yeah. playing a lot then i want to yeah. play with it like i want to i might blend it with something yeah. i mean um, trust me drake understands yeah. he understands drake he? understands yeah. exactly what we're saying I, okay he does yeah. he, he, yeah, i he think does. he does okay. you know he knows what he's doing okay yeah. yeah like like you know i'm pretty sure he understands that when he recorded hotline bling right he really enjoyed it. But, you know, when an artist listens to their song 25,000 times to get it right before it's released, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to hear it at the club the same amount of times that it took him to create it. You know what I'm saying? So Drake yeah. understands. He understands. Yeah, exactly. And, when, and, and I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to play Sade for you in a way you haven't heard before or... Um, I'm trying to work in, like, I'm trying to work some stuff in that you, that you haven't thought about or moved to in in a, in a while, or like, I'd rather spend my time doing that than just kind of doing the the easy thing of playing the Drake, the last, you know, the latest five Drake songs. And um, anyway, that's just part of how I, I think well. about it. This has been fun. Thank you both for kind of giving me some insight into this. Uh, I never even thought about like what you guys must be going through in these events where you have to be out there and people are like, you know, enjoying you and judging you all at the same time. (laughs) So, um, and, um, I appreciate the insight into, into, uh, what not to do to your DJ. Cause I didn't think about that either. So, um, I, I really, this, this 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 was a this is a DJ public this, service this, announcement exactly it's a PSA slash anxiety uh, uh, exploration so thank you both again for for, right. uh, for 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 agreeing to speak on this today I really I really appreciate that yeah you're welcome you know I I think what it is is I guarantee you that any DJ has thought a lot more about what they're doing that night and, and had emotional ups and downs about what they're going to play mm-hmm. and why they're going to play it mm-hmm. than anyone in that room has. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, so yeah, that's for sure. Like um, I would say, thank you for having us. And again, yeah, I, I think that the, the idea of DJs and anxiety go hand in hand because as, as Jorge mentioned, the, the work that it takes to go ahead and perform at those levels really does draw out some of those things that you have to deal with going forward. So thanks again, Eming. Of course. Of course. And shout out Thank to Drake you. for all the name dropping we did on this episode. Uh, <laughs> like I said, Russell Morris, who used to host this podcast. Shout out to the champagne it. poppy. 
keep uh, doing yeah. what you do. I know he'll appreciate that. Um, um, but once again, uh, I can't shut him out. I'm sorry. He's like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. My body won't let me. I won't. I want to unshout. I want to take back the shout out. Too late. It's out there. It's out there. Now we can't. We can't. We can't unring that bell. But once again, I want to thank you, Jorge, for joining me on this episode of Fractured Frequency. And I hope we see you guys next time. Quest on, everyone. This episode of Fractured Frequency is a project of Quest on Media and is produced in Richmond, California. 